Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Through Nick and Thin. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me as always is my incomparable host, co-host, Hannah. Hannah, how are you doing this week? I'm good. I feel ahead of the curve. Why is that? I feel like a trendsetter. Yeah? I feel like we have done something that we haven't done yet. What? (laughs) We watched a movie the day Uh, that it came out. That is true. We sure did. And we watched, as you can tell by the title of this podcast, a movie titled prisoners of the ghost land i i haven't done that in so long i probably haven't done i mean i'm trying to think of like the last like midnight premiere that i went to yeah we stayed up until midnight and we <laughs> won no we didn't but we did wait in line outside of our own house just to get that feeling yeah, so that exactly. we could buy it on streaming later yeah <laughs> no uh it was right up on right up there on amazon prime or something so it's still available to rent it's not worth it. We'll get into it. Six but bucks. Six dollars. Not worth it. But we prisoners. We're planning on. Yeah. Okay. You want to tell that story? <laughs> yeah. There's like a small theater in a distant suburb. <laughs> it's it's a city. It's a town. It's, I guess it's like an hour outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. Some small theater was doing like the uh, we we kept trying to look to see where we could watch this because we mm. weren't certain that it was going to come out on streaming until Friday when it came out. And it turned out that it was on streaming, so we didn't have to worry about going in person. Mm-hmm. So we were making all these arrangements to figure out where we should go, hoping that it would be somewhere convenient. Turns out about an hour, hour and a half outside of Philadelphia, there's one theater <laughs> that was that was playing it uh, on Friday night. And it was eight bucks and BYOB. And it's right next door. It's, it's like sandwiched between two breweries. So we were like, screw it. Let's drive out an hour. Let's grab some beer from both of these breweries. <laughs> Let's check out this crazy movie and we'll make a night of it. And then we went on our computers that morning and we're like, oh, it's on streaming for six bucks. So we got a refund and then just watched it at home. So we didn't have to do any of that. Which One is, day. One day we'll, we'll, we'll have to, probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they'll always be on streaming. Yeah. But I think one day we should do it. Maybe, yeah. maybe one day we'll get invited to a midnight premiere. Whoa. We'll have to do it for a movie probably like... Um, like a like a into the spider verse 2 or something like mm, that that'd be fun mm-hmm. we will not be invited to that no one. not that one no. <laughs> we talk about nick cage movies not spider-man movies occasionally spider-man i guess anyway so we're gonna get this podcast kicked off as we usually do we gotta shake off the rust a little and hannah's gonna get us going here with some behind the scenes information usually lead us off with some box office numbers but it's only been out for a day so what else you got for us this weekend yeah she's got a lot today so prisoners of the ghostland premiered uh september 17th 2021 today we're recording this on the 18th that is true so very timely (laughs) (laughs) yes great commentary hen keep it coming yeah. Yeah, yeah um originally it premiered at sundance uh film festival in january of 2021 which is why we are watching it in this order and why we waited a few weeks to see it, you know, so that it would come out for the general public viewing. 
Yeah, now that I think about it, I suppose we could have watched Willy's Wonderland or Pig in the time that we took off, but... It was kind of nice. It was a nice break. It was a nice reprieve from Nicolas Cage. So we're going in uh, IMDb IMDb order, Mm -hmm. which Steve mentions a lot. Mm. Um, So, yeah, a little bit confusing since Pig and Willy's Wonderland came out in, like, theaters. U.S. theaters, yeah. Prior to this film, but... That's just the way that the cookie crumbled for us. I knew you were going to say cookie crumbles. (laughs) Keep going. What else you got? It uh, has a 4.5 out of 10 and a 68 currently on Rotten, 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. We'll see if that shifts. Like I said, it's been out for a day. I don't know how those ratings work. I don't know if you noticed, but after we finished watching the movie, the movie had five stars on oh, Amazon yeah. with one review. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it had two reviews. And then right? like we went and we like got dinner or something like that. And we happened to leave the TV on and then it had two reviews and it went down to three stars. So somebody definitely went right back and gave it a one star review. Are we going to review it? Are we going to give it a rating? I don't, know. I don't know how to rate this one. So <laughs> no, not yet. At least. We'll have to later. We'll have to later. That'll be your job, actually. Mm, can't wait. Mm-hmm. All right, um, the movie the movie poster. Yeah, it's a picture of Nick Cage's face and in his costume, which we'll describe later. Oh yeah. Um, so I think it's just like neck up of Nick mm-hmm. Cage, pretty close up close and personal. And then at the bottom of the poster, there's a quote, and it says, "The wildest movie I've ever made," accredited to Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, honestly... I have things to say about that, and okay. so does Nick, so okay. we'll get to that. Okay, okay. Um, the director is a, a Japanese director named Sion. Sion? Sion? Sono? I was pronouncing Sion, but it could be Sion. Sion or Sion. I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. This is his first English language movie, so his oh, wow. English language movie debut. Mm-hmm. He's made plenty of, language, of uh, Japanese films, okay. I, I believe... One of the ones that's most popular is called Anti-Porno. Oh, okay. Interesting stuff. Yeah, I don't know. He deals a lot with, like, sexual conversations in his films, apparently. Really? Apparently. Well, not so much in this one. I mean, I think this movie could be titled Anti-Porno, really. (laughs) Yeah, this was not a porno. I didn't get any sexual vibes from this movie. (laughs) So, let's see. This originally was supposed to start filming in 2018. The screenwriter wrote this like 14 years prior to that or something. So Another it, took, one of it took quite some time for this to come, I guess, to fruition. You ever wonder if that means it's not a very good script? Yeah, of course. <laughs> if it's been passed up for 14 years, maybe that's a sign that you shouldn't move forward and, and make the movie. But whatever, he did. Yeah. Originally supposed to start filming in 2018, but unfortunately, the director suffered a pretty massive heart attack. Wow. Um, It was supposed to originally be filmed in Mexico, Hmm. but Nick actually recommended that they switch the filming location to Japan so that the director is closer to his doctors Mm -hmm. and his family because it took him like nearly a full year to recover from his heart attack. It was uh, pretty brutal, apparently. So because it originally was supposed to take place filming in Mexico, the whole vibe of the film was also going to be a little bit different. Yeah. I'm just realizing now I didn't do a brief explanation as yeah, I usually no, do, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know how to do accurately. So basically, Nicolas Cage is a locked up bank robber 
who is forced into rescuing the granddaughter of a crime lord. He's sprung from prison and forced into rescuing the granddaughter of a crime lord in a leather bomb-laden suit that will go off and he will explode if he does not achieve his goal within a few days. Yeah, and it takes place in this post-nuclear disaster. It's Japanese Mad Max. Japanese Mad Max. Mad Max is a Mexican restaurant. Mad Max is (laughs) a movie series with critical acclaim. Mad Max. Yes. Fury Road. Fury Road, yes. Prisoners of the Ghostland. It's that, but worse. (laughs) <laughs> and Japanese. Yeah. Um, it has nothing to do with it being Japanese. It's just worse. No. It just happens to be worse. The whole vibe of the movie was supposed to be very different. It was supposed to be like a spaghetti western. And that's what the director okay. originally wanted to create because he was like, well, this is my first venture into, uh, you know, like English filmmaking. Yeah. And for a western audience. And he grew up watching the western movies and it i guess has a certain appeal and also like nostalgia to him yeah that inspired him to create film you know, great because he's of that age yeah his favorite nick cage movie is wild at heart which has a very spaghetti western <laughs> okay oh wow it's got a spaghetti western feel i think it's got a i think it's got a wizard of oz feel inexplicably David Lynch. I have more to say about Wild at Heart. You have more about Wild at Heart? Oh, God, please. Please enlighten me. When Nick said that he thinks that Prisoners of the Ghostland is the, what did he say? The wildest movie I've ever made. Sion Sono said, no, no, Nick. Wild at Heart is the the wildest movie that you've ever made. And Nick was like, I think Wild at Heart is the second wildest movie I've ever made to this. And then Nick's this character. Is like, yeah, this is like the sixth wildest movie I, Nick I know. Cage has ever made. But I know. yeah, keep going. In, in our opinion, of mm-hmm. course. And then his character in this movie is based off of two of his previous characters. Can you guess which two characters they are? One of them's got to be his character from Deadfall. No. Because no? he, he yells high fucking yacht at one point. I know. <laughs> which is but a that's line not from what, Deadfall. That's not what Scion... That's not what Scion or Nick have said. Well, I guess his character from Wild at Heart would be one. Soy or something or other. Okay. And then maybe his character from Mandy? No. Think criminal. Oh, Raising Arizona? No. Think crazy criminal. Oh, face off? <laughs> yeah, Caster Troy. Oh my god. I don't see any Caster Troy in this character. <laughs> That's just but I I'm Caster just, Troy was wilder than this character. <laughs> I don't blame the messenger. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> this movie was produced, I'm all over the place here, by okay. um, Patriot Pictures, Saturn Films, which, you know, that's of next. Course. And then XYZ Films, that's his fourth collaboration with this film production company. Okay. So that would be Color Out of Space, Mandy, Mom and Dad, and now Prisoners at the Ghostland. Well, three out of four ain't bad. Oh, Back to what I was saying. Originally, mm-hmm. it was supposed to start filming in 2018. Director suffered a massive yes. heart attack. So 2019, they began principal photography in Japan, did most of the filming. And then I'm confused about this timeline because mm-hmm. it also says that they did some filming on March 31st, 2020 in Los Angeles, which they could not have been able to do because no, the film no industry way. was shut down. 
Yeah. Because that was like the beginning of COVID when we still thought we were doing this for two weeks. Yeah. So that that makes no sense to no. me. So I'm going to disregard that. Okay. And assume that this was completed prior to the pandemic. Yeah, or at least uh, principal photography and maybe they, you know. Yeah. Would, well, no, because it came out in January of 2021 for uh, Sundance. So. Right. Yeah, it was probably finished in it was probably late finished. 2019, yeah. early 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. So the director met with Nick. I'm going to just call him the director because I... Or I can call him Sono. Sono met with Nick. Uh, Nick calls him Sono-san. What? <laughs> what? Why? Come on. It's I, like what? cute. Is it though? I think He's so. not Japanese. Is that yeah, like cultural appropriation or something? I don't something? think so. No? I think it's a sign of respect. I guess. I don't know. I don't... Whatever. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> um, so they met in Tokyo prior to filming. They got drinks. They talked about Anti-Porno, his other movie. Oh, okay. Nick really okay. likes that one. So Sono was like, oh, cool. He knows my work. Mm-hmm. They did karaoke. Nice. To um, the door song, Break On Through. I don't know that song. Break least... On Through to the other side. Oh, yeah. I do know that yeah. song. Okay. Yes. I'm surprised it's not Elvis or something. That's the one that they chose. Huh. Okay. Would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that performance. Eh. <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you suck. Sono loves Nick Cage. He said he brought me back from the dead. You know, he had a really tough year. Sure. And yeah. he said that he's the easiest person he's ever had to work with before. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. it In this film, it is clear that... Sono is one of those directors. That was just like, go ahead, Nick. Do, do whatever, whatever you want. want. You're an Academy Award winning actor. I to want be your fair, craziness. Also a language barrier. His English is not very good. Every interview that I saw, he had an interpreter. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how fluent he is in English. So he did a whole movie in English. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think his English is probably okay. Yeah. Like enough to sing Break on the Fruit of the Other Side. Okay. with nick cage yeah, at karaoke uh, yeah um but and enough to carry on a conversation about um his work but probably not much more than that considering like he needed the interpreter for most of the interviews mm. last fact about the movie before i get into nick's stuff this also has a comic book oh god really it came i mean not based on a comic book but oh. they like released a comic book after okay. much like they did for another movie we You're watched. thinking of Jiu-Jitsu. It's Jiu-Jitsu. Which I think was a comic book first. No, I think it was after. Did it come after? I think they, I think they released one after. I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, I can't find this one either. Yeah. The only reason I know they released it after is because they based Brax's, the villain's, <laughs> appearance off of a drawing that nick cage drunkenly did on a napkin whereas if it were based on a comic you would think they would just base it off of what brax looked like in the comic you would think but that's an assumption hand we don't know that for sure all right sorry for assuming wow well you know what happens when you assume hen we move on to facts about nicholas please cage. do um like i said role based on his wild and hard character caster troy from face off in 2021 that's Nicol- this year yeah hmm. When this movie was released, Nicolas Cage got married again. And oh, I mentioned God, her before. Right. Her name is Rico Shibata. She, Shibata, she, but now Rico Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, they met while filming. Oh. So in 2019, they met. Then 
she moved back to Kyoto when the pandemic got really bad. Mm. He was living in Nevada at the time. They did long distance for six months. And in August of 2020, Nick Cage decided he couldn't wait any longer. Mm -hmm. He needed to be with the woman of his dreams, Rico. He FaceTimed her and said, will you marry me? And then he FedExed a ring from Las Vegas to Kyoto. And then on February 16th, 2021, they got married in his favorite place in the world. Second favorite place in the world, Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm going to say that New Orleans is his favorite place in the world. I'm speculating here. Uh-huh. Um, February 16th is Nick's late father's birthday. So he wanted to get married okay. on that day to commemorate his father. Okay. Rico wore a handmade bridal kimono from Kyoto. Nick Cage wore a Tom Ford tux. They mm. had both Catholic and Shinto traditional vows. And they read Walt Whitman poetry and Japanese haiku. Wow. Then Alice Kim, Nick Cage's ex-wife, he's, who he's yeah. on very good terms with, yeah. attended the celebration with their son, Cal L. Right. They all hang out a lot. Yeah. Pretty cool. Okay. Flips to the page. I have a lot to say. Mm. I think that's it about his relationship. They're still together. Okay, great. Fifth wife. Wow. Hopefully the last. So you mentioned that they did long distance yeah. for several months. Mm-hmm. I'm a met. How do you? A lot of people did long distance at that time. That's fair. But doing long distance with <laughs> Nicolas Cage has got to be a fucking trip. Yeah. It's like, like I, what do you, do you even... think he's good at using his phone? Probably yeah. not. <laughs> he's 65. He's 57. Right? He's 57. 65. I thought he was way older. <laughs> 57. Oh, she's 26. Forgot to mention. Oh, okay. Good. So there's a 30 year Probably age 27 difference. now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he holds his phone like right up against his face? Pro- probably. Yeah. Yeah. Or like way too far away or like doesn't have the sound on or something. You're in a, you're in a little box. How, how can I get you bigger? I, I could see you, but I can't hear it. How, what? How do you I'll just, we should write to each other because this just isn't working. Do you think Nick Cage knows what, like how to explain what the cloud is? No. What do you think he thinks the cloud is? If you said, Nicolas Cage, can you please explain the cloud? He'd say, well, I don't think any of us can really explain the clouds or the sea or the sky. (laughs) I think it's up to a larger creator and, you know, it's all just about... You think he's a creationist? I have fucking no idea. (laughs) Well, he did have traditional Catholic vows at his ceremony. Uh... So maybe he is more religious than i ever expected him to be maybe i don't know i figured he didn't pray to idols you know (laughs) he probably prays to like the earth himself or himself (laughs) one true god yeah so nick also so as much as sono loved working with nick said that he saved his life easiest person to work with nick loved working with him as well he called him the warlock of cinema he would yeah And then I read this interview (laughs) where he called out that this movie, and this is something that I was planning on just mentioning as we were going through, but Mm. he called it out himself. We called it out while we were watching it. Nick Cage has his own acting style. We've talked about it before. We do a award at the end of every episode where Mm. we rate the best nouveau shamanic moment. And nouveau shamanism is Nick Cage's own acting style. He one day will write a book on it. 
And he bases he, it on... He bases it on a principle uh-huh. <laughs> that he calls Western Kabuki. And I did not know what that was until I watched The Prisoners of the Ghostland because, goddammit, this movie is nothing if not Western Kabuki. It is my fifth line in my notebook. <laughs> I wrote down like two things about how he looks and a few other things. And then I just wrote, I mean, this is Western Kabuki, no? This is Western, it's Western Kabuki. Kabuki. This is This is like dictionary definition western kabuki it's got a western but you know what's funny it wasn't originally supposed to be it was supposed to be more western than kabuki (laughs) but now it has like a very good balance between the east and the west it is the yin and yang of western kabuki i guess (laughs) it's kind of like but it's like it's like saying two you know great flavors that taste great together but it's really just like two average It's two great flavors executed poorly that when it comes together, come, you know, is like fine. At least that's how I feel. He thinks it's the wildest movie he's ever made. I disagree. You know what? I feel like I should. Let him have his moment. This movie came out yesterday, okay? (laughs) Relax about it. Yeah, that's true. We did just watch it on opening night. So, you know, sometimes we watch these movies and then we sit with them for a week. So maybe my attitude will change. We'll just have to watch it again. We should have bought it, you know? We, we should have. We so rented we it. We could it only have it for night. two days. Yeah. We should have bought it. Yeah. You know what? Your birthday is not coming up. <laughs> no, it's not. But when it does, I know what I'm going to get. Yeah, I'm going to buy you 102 DVDs. <laughs> Thank you. Blu-ray, please. Blu-ray, Blu-rays of every Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> I'm going to burn... <laughs> best of times onto a dvd oh my god from and, youtube and never on tuesday <laughs> and the boy in blue these the impossible blue. to find movies and the christmas carol christmas carol was hard to find as well gone back to nick yeah you have more in the same interview he said that once he finishes the next two movies he wants to take some time off to recharge and don't you worry the interviewer was like wait 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 a second mm-hmm. sir are you retiring? No. And Nick was like, no, 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 no. I'm never going to retire. Yikes. And that was a headline in another article that I had a few friends send me Yikes. this past week. It, that article came out like three days ago. It was publicity for this movie. Mm-hmm. So fret not. Nick won't retire, which means that we're not allowed to. <laughs> Great. Which is horrifying. <laughs> Great. Yeah, but at least there will be much longer periods between episodes than right. than it has been in the past. No, I mean, the last two weeks have been a breath of fresh air. Just bliss. <laughs> I like almost forgot about Nick Cage. <laughs> he's as surprised as we are that his quote about it being the wildest movie he's ever made has made it on the poster. Mm. He yeah. was shocked to see the poster with a oh quote attributed to himself because oh, that's not typical that's me <laughs> yeah that's the that's actually a live feed of his response rico honey look i can you see it i've got my i've i've, I've got my phone pointed at the poster that quote i can't see it i can't turn the ca- <laughs> turn the camera around can you see it not no turn oh my the- god do you think he knows how to screen share on zoom i'm just gonna share my screen real quick okay can everybody can see, see my it? slides <laughs> Well, I wanted to start this meeting Nick, you're today. on double mute. <laughs> double mute, Nick. Your phone and the computer are muted. And last, but not least, I have to leave Can you this. guys hear me now? Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. With 
some of the saddest news that I've read in a while. Uh Uh-oh. What's that? Nick Cage, as much as we wanted him to, will not be playing Joe Exotic in the upcoming Amazon Pictures production of Joe Exotic because Amazon Pictures decided it's not relevant anymore. Yeah. This is silly. Why are we doing this? And there's another series that's also going to come out about Joe Exotic that I forget who's going to play Joe Exotic, but Kate McKinnon is going to play Carol Baskin. Mm. So they were like, all right, well, it didn't hold, I guess, like the, yeah, I don't know, like the cultural weight that it expected it to. Yeah. The stars really aligned for, for the joe exotic story because it was right it was like the, the week pandemic. that everyone yeah. was you know home participating in yeah. in this tan yeah, home, yeah yeah in this tan home order yeah so so uh well, that's kind of disappointing so i know i'm sorry that i had to leave you with the sad news oh, that's oh, okay gosh. <laughs> oh gosh oh boy well if that's it for the behind the scenes information what and is that we just caught up on nick cage's life i think that means we're gonna go into this movie nick cage scene by nick cage scene let's go for it and i have a lot of thoughts on this movie so the movie opens up on perhaps an older scene of nicholas cage and it's actually quite a, a striking looking scene it's nick cage robbing a bank and there's a little boy in really bright clothes getting gumballs out of a giant gumball machine or maybe they're bouncy balls or something like that there's a toy machine or a gumball machine right there in the bank the bank is all this stark white walls and like chrome poles and glass and it's very clean looking and here are these pops of color and then Mm -hmm. here comes nick cage and this other guy dressed in all black with shotguns just blowing the place up uh fun fact the other guy was in face off he was. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. I'd have to go back and, and tell you who he was. Maybe one of the other henchmen or something. Yeah. Of course. I looked at his character's name. I was like, I don't remember who that is. <laughs> if it's not Castor Troy or John Travolta. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> then we don't know. I feel so, like there was a, wasn't it a woman recently where she was like the love interest or something? We were like, I don't remember that she was even in that. <laughs> Probably. There have been so many of these movies. So Nick Cage, understandably, right at the beginning here is just screaming his face off about bank robbery stuff it's obvious stuff stuff he's done before he's robbed banks before remember that christmas ish movie yeah that was a funny scene though yeah <laughs> in uh, lost in Par- trapped in paradise trapped in paradise but yeah so it's standard stuff like He does, it's somewhere in that clip I just played, speak Japanese. He shouts in yes, Japanese at yes. some point, which is good for him, Look, learning new languages. And before we saw other scenes, I was like, oh, maybe that would be a contender for best scream, but it is no longer. No, there are some <laughs> high quality screams throughout this movie. What a what a real return to form post-pandemic. Uh, not, But it was likely filmed before the pandemic anyway i wrote down in the scene which i thought was really funny is that i think nick is looking pretty good actually he's got his sort of history of swear words vibe when in the sense that he's got dark hair and a dark beard and you know his hair looks a little thin but it's not terrible 
he's not rocking a mullet like he has in previous movies. So he's looking pretty good. And he's in like a suit, a black suit. Yes, but it's a flashback. Yeah, so it's a flashback. And he looks, when they flash forward, he looks exactly the same. Yeah, so. they, they go like 10 years later or something. Yeah. And they flash forward and he looks exactly the same, which is one of those like little movie pet peeves that Hannah and I will pick up on. Yeah. But so we flash forward about 10 years and Nick Cage is tied up. He's in uh, sumo underwear, like sumo wrestler underwear. So he's almost completely naked. And he is in the basement or underground of this crime lord named the governor. So he's in like the governor's like jail, essentially. So governor looks like Colonel Sanders he, and Doug Dimmodome, owner, owner of, of the, the Dimsdale, Dimsdale Dimmodome. Dimmodome. <laughs> so Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome, demands that Nick Cage come out to meet him. So he's this old Southern man with a Southern drawl. And he's in an all white suit and a giant 10 gallon white cowboy hat. Selling fried chicken. Selling fried chicken. Let me talk to this Mr. Nicholas Cage. Literally, he talks exactly like that. Wasn't he, the governor in The Walking Dead very similar? Yeah, but he didn't look like that. No, he wasn't he dressed like, like that. that. No, he had more of like a slow southern drawl. Like, mm. I don't want to get you involved with zombies. Mm. Whereas this guy's like, well, Nicholas Cage. He's a little bit more wiry. Everybody in this, every American in this movie, except for maybe Nick Cage, fuck it, including Nick Cage, could be a Will Forte character. If you're an SNL f- fan, you know who Will Forte is. And I, I looked at people, I was just like, is that Will Forte? No, it's not Will Forte. Is that Will Forte? No, that's not Will Forte. There's a million people. It's a really niche reference. Don't worry about it. It makes sense. So I'm not worried. I have a lot to say about this scene where Nick Cage and the governor come face to face. Okay. Uh, Nick Cage's butt cheeks are like another character in this scene. <laughs> they zoom in on his butt cheeks like three or four times. It's a lot. <laughs> and he's in, that, he's in that sumo underwear. So you clearly see these saggy old butt cheeks. Oh my God. <laughs> so. They're like puckered. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's. So I'm not a huge fan of the uh, the redneck com- comedian comedy guys, but there's a great joke that Jeff Foxworthy has where he says, you know, old men have no ass because they scratch it off throughout their lifetimes oh <laughs> because they're just constantly scratching their ass so it's just flat, and that's kind of what Nick Cage's look. Nick Cage but with looks like, like dimples, little 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 pucker to it though, <laughs> just just a kiss. <laughs> So Nick Cage, so he comes face to face with the governor. The governor throws Nick Cage this leather suit, this like one piece leather suit. And Nick Cage whips off his sumo underwear. And normally in a movie, whenever someone is fully naked in a crowd of people. So at this point, a crowd has formed around the governor. They're all very excited to see the governor. And they're all crazy. Well, it's the governor's town and everybody's sort of under his control. Yeah. Can we describe the scene? Yes, I'm about to. Yeah, yeah. So the governor, how, so we essentially learn that the governor is like, he's got, it's a cult. It's basically a cult. All of the men are soldiers. All of the women are prostitutes, essentially. So all, when he comes in, everybody sings in unison. Everybody's happy and dancing in unison, which is super creepy. So many extras. Tons of extras. So many extras. That's another reason why I'm like, I don't think this was filmed during COVID. Yeah, it had to have been before. Yeah. Because even times. even like after with, oh, we have COVID protocols in effect, like there are so many people. There's a lot of yeah. people. So Nick Cage, like I said, there's a crowd of people around Nicolas Cage and the governor. 
Uh, the governor, all, to set the scene, also has his right-hand man, his sort of main ninja samurai warrior guy who's dressed in all black. He's one of the greatest samurais, greatest fighters in the world. He comes into play later. He's also got one of his daughters. Uh, granddaughter. Granddaughter, sorry, yes. He he calls them all the women his granddaughters. Uh, we're pretty sure that this woman was autistic, which I think is a bold choice for this movie. Yeah. I, you know, hey, she's... Because they're just making fun of her. Yeah, like, it's one of those weird ones where it's like, I don't know, how am I supposed to feel about this? Like, I don't know, it's just really strange. Bold choice. She she also comes into play later. So Nick Cage drops trow. And in movies, typically when people are completely naked in a group of people, uh, maybe people will gasp, maybe people will shout, maybe people will laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people in this movie <laughs> decide to break into an old folk song in unison. <laughs> It's like I, like, just dropped my jaw. Like, what is happening? Because he's naked? You sing an old folk song? It's like it's like standing in a group of people and then somebody does something crazy and everybody goes, Oh, say, can you see? And, like, does a choreographed dance to it. Like, who are these people? Cult members. I guess. That's where I would draw the line in a cult. <laughs> like, if you were asked to sing when a... When we have to come up with, an era, with a new song and dance for every situation. Well, when the governor comes in, we do this song and dance. And if we see someone naked, we do this <laughs> song and dance. I wrote down, it's almost like they they go to a D3 school and they're cheering on a really obscure sport. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, here at Washington University of Indiana, we get super into badminton and we've got chance for every player. It's like that kind of thing. Does that resonate with you at all? Not even a little oh, bit. Oh, God. My references are not landing. I got to shake off the rust. Like I said, a lot of thoughts on this scene. Oh, my God. I did write at one point, what the fuck am I watching? This acting is horrid. Don't know in reference to what, but the acting's bad. Keep that in mind as well. So this is where the governor lays out the plan, right? He goes, I'm going to need you, Nicolas Cage, to go save my granddaughter, who seems to have left my cult grounds and found herself in another cult grounds. And Nick Cage is like, I'm not going to do it. And, and the guy's like, well, why? you know what? It's getting cold out. Why don't you zip up that leather suit of yours? And he's like, oh, okay. He zips it up, and that activates... These weird bulbs that are all over his body, they turn red. There's two by his neck. Yes. Two on his arms. One on each one, arm. One yep. on each arm. And then two on his gonads. Yeah. Wow. Go Busting out the gonads. <laughs> it's like busting out the good wine for company. It's like, oh, gonads, you say. Gonads. So the bombs activate. And this is where the governor says something along the lines of, these bombs are programmed to sense the... How does this fucking technology work? (laughs) It makes no sense. It senses the chemicals. (laughs) If if you ever raise your arm on a woman, 
there your arm will blow up and if you ever get a sexy feeling your gonads will blow up and if you ever try to take off your suit your head will blow up he's like you've got three days but if you find my granddaughter and have her speak into this little microphone on your arm you get two more days which oh is like God. it's like a video game quest which is probably why like someone like Nicolas cage would resonate with this and why they made a comic book after it yeah yeah so Nicholas Cage... Actually, I would love to play Prisoners of the Ghostland video game. <laughs> I'm sure it'd be kind of cool. I think it'd be really fun. Yeah, I think a Mandy video game would be more Mandy fun. Mandy video game would be awesome. Because you have, like, much more... All the Many weapons. more weapons and, like, yeah. cooler, like, bad guys to fight. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those, like, non-human cult Wild. members. Yeah, and you could, like, pick up drugs on the ground, which would give you more strength, but less, like perception or yeah, something super yeah cool. anyway well right. whoever can make that let's develop it, let's go for it. <laughs> mandy came out two years ago. <laughs> something like that yeah it's like how joe exotic is no longer relevant exactly <laughs> so the last thing i'll mention about this crazy scene is that nick cage reluctantly agrees to go on this quest and save this guy's granddaughter so that he doesn't get blown up but they give him a car to go find his granddaughter yeah. and he gets in the car and he like does donuts around all these people and everybody goes, Whoa, oh my God. And then he gets out of the car and snags a bicycle and starts biking away and everybody goes, Whoa, what a badass! Oh my God. That's a, whoa. <laughs> so like he what? earned the respect by taking a bicycle. I don't know. And then he's like really not great at riding a bike. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> yes, I have that written down. He's terrible at it. He's really bad at riding a bicycle. Now, to be fair, it's not like sized for him. No, it's it's for someone shorter than him. Yeah, and it's like a like a, what do they call them? Like day riders or whatever. They're like a an easy like riding a cruiser. A cruiser, yeah, day cruiser. Whatever. It has yeah. like a basket on the front. Yeah, it's not like a racing bike or even no, a mountain bike. No, yeah. but still, he's so just wobbly and, and <laughs> uncoordinated. Which, like, I guess you're in the deserts of Japan, you know, the the wastelands of Japan. So I guess you know it's not great terrain. I don't know. But... You would think that someone like Nicolas Cage knows how to ride a bike. <laughs> You would like, hope, or you'd hope that, like, the director would say, all right, let's keep doing these takes until you, like, nail it. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if that was, like, the first, I don't know. If I haven't ridden a bike in a while, I'm a little rusty on the first few pedals. Yeah, but you you're know, not a professional so. actor. <laughs> you'd think, like, oh, I have to ride a bike for this movie. Let me make sure, like, I can do tricks on the bike or something. If, like, the you script... You think he thought that through? Right, but if the script says... Nicholas Cage ditches the car, grabs a bicycle, earns everyone's respect. You think like, oh, okay, I got to make sure I, I'm good on a bike real quick. That's how acting should work. <laughs> yeah, but we're not talking about acting here. We're talking about Western Kabuki. That is true. We're talking about nouveau shamanism. <laughs> so the main ninja samurai guy comes up, you know, out of nowhere in the car and throws Nick Cage the keys. And he's like, I don't know why you did that. Here are the keys. And Nick Cage gets in the car. He drives. To, <laughs> so after all that, he, after all that, gets, he in just the car. gets in the car. It's so, like, why do they keep that in the movie? Yeah. He goes to not the governor's cult, but another cult land, essentially, where he. The ghost land. The ghost land. Yes. Where he has heard that the governor's granddaughter has escaped to. But as he gets there, he crashes his car uh, I wrote Mad Max, but in Japanese. Mad Max. Mad Max, but in <laughs> Japanese. 
and he sees uh, these how do you describe them like demonic yeah they're like figures. zombies yeah they're they're all they've got their faces all like burnt up and like yeah. they're just kind of savage in a way yeah, and some of them have horns yeah so he is being suddenly he's knocked out and he's being dragged by some people uh into the ghost land where he screams which i fucking yeah which he loves he's done he's that several done that times many a time he gets to the ghost land and finds that there's a whole group of people here who cannot escape the ghost land because if they try to escape, they will be attacked by those burnt-up zombie savage creature men. I guess I'll mention it here. He runs into a man named Ratman. <laughs> I, this who, this really, really who speaks got me. with a distorted voice and looks like one of the monk, flying monkeys from the Wizard of Oz. But, wild at heart. Wild Wizard at heart. Of Oz. But, like, a elementary school theater budget for the costume yes yeah <laughs> so this rad man ends up being like a mechanic who again comes in later so he's just wearing garbage yeah essentially but like in a way that is reminiscent of the flying of the monkeys, flying monkeys. Yeah. You, you'd have to see it to yeah. believe it so he starts talking to these people who he thinks are his captors but really they're like no we can't escape and He's also bleeding from his forehead, I guess, from the car crash or from the the interaction with the ghosts. And somebody screams, he's got red blood. Thick Thick, He's got thick red blood. So the prophecy is fulfilled. And they all like gather around him and they're like, oh, we feel the blood. Yeah. More like unified chanting and dancing. So much unified chanting and dancing. Okay. Meanwhile. Dude, we haven't. I feel like we haven't described how weird this was. Like Real I don't, weird. I don't think that we've. I don't I think, think I can we, verbalize how odd this is. I think we did a pretty good job, especially in that <laughs> sure. last scene. What even the government? Really know. That was weird as shit. And the, I think all of this is weird as shit. Yeah. this is so weird. I know, and it's not like avant-garde weird. Like no, it's, just it's just weird, weird for the sake of being weird. It's so odd. This is like the Jackson Pollock of <laughs> movie making. But oh so meanwhile, everybody's chanting about his red blood and that a prophecy is fulfilled. And they start calling him hero. He doesn't have a name in this movie. They yeah, just refer to him as hero. hero. Meanwhile, there's like somewhere between seven and ten dudes who are holding a rope and like straining, giving it all they've got. Mm-hmm. And the other end of the rope is tied to a large clock, uh-huh. the second hand of a large clock. And they're like, don't let time move forward if nuclear explosions. Making me think of like Back to the Future. I don't know. With the clock tower. Yeah, it was a much bigger clock. And but like, the I we had the subtitles on in this movie, and I guess I looked down a lot to take notes. But I that was not really well explained why they were holding back the time. It was something they believed would help them escape the ghosts i don't know can you explain can you give me an estimate for how Uh, many extras do you think were a part of the ghost land oh wow uh 60 maybe 100 yeah i was gonna say 160 maybe i mean it depends it like i don't recall a ton of like over like over like overhead shots where it showed like 
that many people, so people could be reused. Yeah, it's fair. There's but so many people. There's tons of people in this movie. So Nick Cage says, I don't care about any of these prophecies or any of you people. Yeah. I'm here to find this girl. Have have any of you seen her? Bernice, the granddaughter. And they go, oh, she's in the mannequins. What the so, fuck? So he goes what over to all the these fuck? mannequins. And he looks that at they're the, like they're pieced together. Right. So he, he looks at the first mannequin and he's like, what is there like a person in here? And he like opens up like it's fractured. The head is fractured. So he like opens up the head, sees there's nothing in there. He goes over to the next mannequin and he does the same thing. He takes off a piece of the mannequin and there's a woman underneath it. Like there's a live human being underneath <laughs> this sort of like Frankenstein together mannequin. Yeah. And somebody it's like a mosaic. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe yeah, yeah, it's like a Frankenstein, like a mosaic, like, like, but over top of their skin are these yeah. plastic bits of mannequin. Right, or what, ceramic or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever. So Nick Cage is taking these pieces off of these mannequins. He's like, why won't any of these people and talk? The, the man who runs the mannequin. <laughs> this fucking Mr. Mistopheles motherfucker. He's got a top hat and like a <laughs> full tuxedo while everybody else is in just burlap also, like, sacks. Everyone who's in charge is white. Have you noticed that? Yeah, maybe it's some sort of statement. I don't know. But <laughs> he's also a Will Forte character in this guy because he's just like this crazy dude who's just like, you know, they don't speak. They have to they have to sit in the mannequin juice before they can learn to find their voice again. And Nick Cage rightfully is like, that makes no sense. <laughs> he finds Bernice. He finds the granddaughter he's she's looking for. She's under a mannequin. Under one of the mannequins. Of course she's <laughs> under one of the mannequins. He grabs her. And someone's like, you can't take her. And he screams. So he screams at her, I guess, yeah. the, those, that line. And then he like takes her on a wheelbarrow-ish thing. He's like, I'll drag out of here if I have to. And, like, she still has the mannequin pieces all over her. Yeah, so he drags her all the way to the outskirts of the ghost land, where he starts removing the pieces of the mannequin from her, <laughs> and he just keeps going. He's not really a scream, so I won't really insert it, but take- he goes, take it off, take it off, take it off. And, you know, she's a young, attractive woman, and he's like, take it off, take it off, and there's, like, sort of an extended shot of her nether regions. It's all clothed, but but it's it's sort of like... It's shot in a way that it's like, ooh, this is sexy. And so he's got bombs on his balls (laughs) if he ever gets a feeling because the governor wants my daughter unscathed and untainted. And so he's telling her to take it off and she's taking it off. He starts getting that feeling and beep, 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 the craziest shit I've ever seen. His... This scene was almost cut from the movie. Really? For being too much. Well, yeah. It was a lot. And it was a really small explosion. Enough to just, like, his one testicle explodes. I, I... And after it does, Nicolas Cage screams. <laughs> amazing amazing unbelievable he he like picks his testicle up off the ground and is like holding it and passes out it's like elongated (laughs) yeah it's like it's like pulling a tooth where it's like oh wow there's so much more inside there oh my god (laughs) it's a lot bigger than i expected uh so 
he, as he's passed out, goes in, back into his flashback from the first scene where we learn a little bit more. And really what ends up happening is that his partner killed everybody. Killed the guards, killed the bank tellers, and even killed uh, some bystanders and, and, a young, and the young boy. The little boy with So that's sort of what balls. haunts him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there, there is a moment in, in this flashback where I wrote... It's such an old man fight because they're both clearly men well into their 50s, like just trying to do a fight. And it looks really bad. But there's more screams. I don't think I'll insert it. But it's like, what are you going to kill a fucking kid, man? Try to to kill me, man. Fucking hangers. (laughs) So in his dream flashback state, Nick Cage also recalls that one of the bystanders got shot. It was a little girl who got shot in her right thigh. Mm-hmm. And as he wakes up, he realizes that Bernice, the granddaughter, has a bullet uh, scar on in her right thigh. Place. So it's all connected. And I didn't understand at first that that was a flashback because, mm, you know, they Nick as- Cage doesn't look like he's aged 10 years, but Bernice does. Yes, because she's Because she was a little girl yeah. and now she's an adult. Yeah. 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 Silly. So. Would, like, would you say they could have put some gray in his temples? Yeah. Gray in his beard? Yeah. Come Easy. On done just or help, help us out or have him clean shaven for the flashback yeah, scenes yeah, yeah. And, then and have a beard in the beard. future yeah. or the opposite whatever yeah. like come on right please 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 <laughs> so as nick cage gets back up and starts to cope with only having one ball um being the lance armstrong of the ghost land <laughs> <laughs> the just wearing live strong he's, 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 he's riding bikes with one testicle oh my god so he's, he's lance armstrong um the ghosts show back up, and because not all of the ghosts are men, Nick Cage has to raise his hand on this zombified woman, and the bomb knows it's a woman, so he raises his right hand, and the bomb, it's same thing, beep, 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 boom, and his arm blows, it doesn't blow off, but he's got like a hole in it. It's pretty mangled. It's pretty gross. Uh, they, after the... Maybe they defeat the ghost. I don't remember how the, what happens with the ghost. The ghosts leave or something like that. They just disappear. So Nick Cage and ghosts. Bernice go back inside the ghost land, understanding now that they can't really leave. And we get a flashback, or not really a flashback, but another organized chant and dance <laughs> oh <laughs> telling God. the story of what happened. There was some sort of nuclear fallout, and there was a nuclear waste truck that collided nearby with a prison bus. Yeah. So they are ravid, savage, ravage prisoners who... Are the ghosts. Are the ghosts who don't let anybody escape the ghost land. Yeah. And for some reason, they are also still holding back the clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because time. Because time. I mean, we learn, I guess, ultimately what happens, but we don't know why at all. I mean... W- most of the rituals that the ghostlanders are exhibiting yeah are participating in mm-hmm. there's they don't explain no no nothing <laughs> is very well explained in this movie which i understand it's like hey show don't tell but yeah but these aren't concepts that i'm uh, used to <laughs> 
Maybe it's a language barrier thing. Covering people in mannequin, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Not really anything that I've uh, been exposed to before no. in my lifetime. No. Once in college, but that's it. <laughs> well, come on. We all we all we all had a had a had a, a phase in college. You go to a, you go to a, a toga party, phase. you go to a highlighter party, and you go to a mannequin party. <laughs> Everybody puts pieces of mannequins over their face. It just happens. It just happens. And you know, it's weird. And then you do an organized chant about how the world ended. Um, so Nick Cage and Bernice are back. Yeah, wait, so is yeah, this what? like post-apocalyptic? Yeah, it's Mad, it's Mad Max, I guess. Yeah. It's post-apocalyptic. I don't think it happens it's in... a Mexican restaurant. Yes. So they're back inside the ghost land where Nick Cage, having passed out a second time because his arm blew up, he says something about, I'm radioactive. I'm the hero. Yeah, he has like a newfound sense of confidence i thought the kids in my flashbacks were haunting me but they were actually guiding me so it's the next day nick cage is running out of time to return the granddaughter back to the governor and he gets up on the like a stair on a stoop in front of everybody in the ghost lands and delivers an impassioned speech testicle my testicle <laughs> and then he says you bitches the same way that bitches. He, the same way that he's the wicker man the wicker man you bitches you bitches you think you're gonna get your honey honey <laughs> Catholic may won't save you you. <laughs> you bitches so he gives this impassioned speech and then he goes hey rat man how quickly do you think it's you can get those cars working? We're breaking out of here. Ratman over here. Ratman's like, oh, I can get those cars <laughs> working for you, Nicholas Cage. Ooh. But like, with a Japanese accent, <laughs> and just like, I'm so glad we had subtitles. Can you imagine? Oh my if, god, we wouldn't. Have can known. you imagine if we saw this in theaters? I I can't imagine because I had to take notes. <laughs> idea what they were saying when they were speaking english right no because they had distorted voices yeah. another woman in the ghostlander yeah she didn't cold. even have like she tech. Had, like <laughs> yeah she was just in a robe <laughs> but like like Ratman, at least like he's got like something on his neck and his head where it's like okay maybe that's distorting his voice i don't know because he's covered in garbage and the only reason that we knew that his voice was supposed to be distorted i suppose is because the the subtitle said in distorted voice Otherwise, I don't know if I would have recognized that, like, there was a distortion oh, on his yeah. voice. Oh, yeah. It was almost like the, um, I, like, like, a, like a robotic filter I over I guess. I just yeah. couldn't understand a word that he said, well, no, so I don't think yeah. it mattered if it were distorted or not. Ah, yeah. No. It was, I, well, no. It wouldn't have mattered, <laughs> but, but, yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> Ratman gets the cars ready because they're going to make a great escape. They're going to blow past the ghosts because Nick Cage is running out of time. He also fashions himself like a metal cast with a sword at the end of it to like oh, yeah. to put around his arm, which is kind of cool. And like Bernice can't talk yet either, so... No, she can talk now. 
Oh, okay. I skipped over that. Oh, right. well, she has to be silent until she determines she's okay oh, to speak. And she figured, yeah. she figured her shit out, and she, she, I guess, told the governor into the speaker in Nick's yeah. arm that she was alive. Yeah. So he's given him some more time now. Yeah. So the ghosts show as they try to escape, as expected. And Nick Cage is getting ready to fight, but who comes out of the main ghost bus? His old partner. And... The, the dude from Face Off. The dude from Face Off. The guy who actually who killed the kid and everything, and Nick Cage and this old partner, they look at each other and they're like, oh, it's good to see you. Oh, it's good to see you too. And, yeah. And the, the other guy's like, the real villain is the governor. The real villain are the friends we made along the way. <laughs> and Nick Cage is like, can you let me pass? And he's like, yep. Totally. <laughs> There's no conflict. None. And they just go. They're just like, all right, see you, ghosts. And there's like a big nuclear explosion that goes off and then ghosts vanish. Confusing. Yeah. Why? Everyone's like, oh, no. The explosion. But it didn't impact anyone or anything. Nope. So instead of having a major clash between the governor's soldiers and the prisoners of the ghost land, Nick Cage shows up by himself yeah. with Bernice uh-huh. in the car to the governor's one of the One of the rat people also is hiding in the background. Is he? I don't remember he's this. He's the like young one. Is he? Yeah, because yeah. he goes back and he's like, they won. The governor's. Oh my god! Yeah, there's like a kid, like a. <laughs> yeah. It's like rat boy, like rat, rat kid. Child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know if it was a girl or a boy. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell. Okay. <laughs> so Nick Cage gets to the governor's. Governor's very happy to see his granddaughter, and Nick Cage screams, like, "Well, he says you're gonna give me the key to remove the suit, right?" And the governor's like, I would never do anything like that. Nick Cage gr- grabs Bernice and screams. Which, obvious you No, know, he's stuff. not going to do. Yeah, of course not. Then the autistic granddaughter. Yeah, this is just Comes out of nowhere with a minigun. Oh, uh, yeah. Can you describe a minigun for our audience who sure. are not familiar with miniguns? So, <laughs> so a minigun. I just assume everyone's comfortable with the with the idea of a minigun. But so a minigun is a miniaturized version of a gun that you would mount on a helicopter, like a fighter helicopter. So it's one of those large barreled gun, like multiple like, multiple pew, barreled pew, guns. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, that gun that goes pew 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 pew. Yeah, Thank you for clearing it's not that like up. a pew reload pew. It's a pew 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 pew. pew, pew. <laughs> Right, but it's got multiple barrels that spin around. It's a long cylindrical mm-hmm. barrel that that's got several, and it spins around. And it's got heavy well, ammunition. This, this girl has one. She's apparently got a minigun. Miniguns, seemingly everyone except for Nicolas Cage, the governor, and Bernice, and then just like a hundred more dudes show up out of nowhere, and somebody and then they shoots shoot her many times in the gut, basically. Yeah, yeah. all over her body. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of madness and mayhem. And oh, also at this point, Nick Cage is suiting up for this fight. He put on a football helmet. Yeah. Which was very clear an attempt to cover his face so that it wouldn't seem as obvious when, when the it's stunt a double. Body double. <laughs> yeah. So. Do you think they hired some of the same body doubles, stunt doubles that they had in jujitsu? Well, <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's probably just someone who lives in japan yeah it's probably just 
a Japanese guy or something that's a roughly the same build yeah. as Nicolas Cage. Damn. But so Nicolas Cage is fighting off like a hundred people at once. They're all pointing guns at him. No one's shooting. No one's shooting. He's got like a sword attached to his hand and that's all he's got. What was that other movie that like people just pointed guns at each other and, and there was no action? Oh. It was like one of the Taken movies. No, Yeah, it was the home invasion movie. I forget <laughs> what it was called. But it was uh, Ben Mendo Mendelssohn, Nicole Kidman, and Nicolas Cage. And Mendelssohn and his crew break in and everybody's got a gun on everyone. Was it stolen? No, it wasn't stolen. It wasn't. It was the the break. Uh, it was a home invasion. Dude, I, don't it was, I don't know. It was called something I like totally break in or something. I forgot that, Nic- that Nicole Kidman was in one of these. Yeah, she was. <laughs> he was a jeweler and they were like, he's got jewels in there and what in his safe and then he's like put your man he's like i'm never gonna give you these jewels get your men in order and then like nobody just shoots him this the same one that his daughter died his no and it was like the boyfriend that killed no that was rage (laughs) oh god (laughs) i remember rage and i remember stolen i just can't remember that i have to look this up now i don't remember i can't believe that nicole kidman was in that trespass Trespass. Yeah, what? Like, come on. Yeah, I was never gonna pull that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, you know, give me, give me twenty tries, I could come out with it. But <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? Like oh five? Twenty eleven. What the fuck? <laughs> All right. Anyway. Anyway. So similar Nick- to that all guns, no action. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it, it's just something that I hate where. There's a whole bunch of stunt people just standing around waiting for the star to come over and fight them. That kind of deal. I just, I hate that thing where it's like they fall even though they never got hit. I, you know. I don't know. It's Western Kabuki. You know? I guess it is. So it ends up with a showdown between the governor and Bernice. Bernice ends up killing the governor and it ends up with a showdown between Nick Cage and the right-hand man of the governor, the main samurai, which... There's like a subplot where the samurai, the main samurai is like having this change of heart where it's like, maybe I shouldn't be working for the governor. So why is he still fighting Nicolas Cage? Dude, I don't know. It doesn't make sense for his character. He also like character. saves Nick Cage from being attacked once earlier. Yeah. And then he turns around and starts fighting him. So yeah. it's just very confusing. There is a great moment where <laughs> they're fighting and they're sword fighting and I think the sword gets knocked out of his hand or something. And so his last resort is to Nick, is to kick Nick Cage in the nuts where he doesn't yeah. where he's oh, got God. an open wound <laughs> and nick cage just goes Fuck! <laughs> like it's not a big scream but it was, it was good though it's like such a little pregnant pause because he hits him he's like <laughs> like that would hurt yeah obviously. that was believable yeah that was really good so nick cage ends up winning that fight and and like i said you know all is well i guess nick cage lives uh bernice lives the autistic girl lives she got shot like 15 times. Exactly. So the three of them are totally fine. And they're sitting on a park bench. Nick Cage removes the bombs from himself. And uh, they're sitting on a park bench. And they're all leaning their heads against each other. And Nick Cage says like, Yep, can't wait to go to Samurai Town. Or something like that. I think they renamed the town <laughs> Samurai like, Town. Instead of being like the governors or something, it's like Samurai Town. Fuck, God. Okay. And that's it. I don't... I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) I had a, have a note in my notebook. I said, I'm either way too dumb 
are way too smart for this movie. Oh. I, there's no in between. This is this movie is just not for me. I think. Uh, not my cup of tea. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> any, any other? You said you'll leave it at that. So I guess that. that no, means I mean, no I think thoughts. that some of the cinematography was cool. Yeah. I think that the set design was great. The set design was awesome. The costumes were not. Yeah. Nick Cage's costume was cool. Yeah. Um. Bernice was fine. Yeah. She didn't really have that much to do, I guess. No. I'm trying to make sense of it all, mm-hmm. and it's just not coming to me. Um, with with directors, as it seems, like with directors, with Sono, a lot of times yeah. these, these kinds of directors will make a movie that's about something, but it's really about something else, right? No, and I'm sure that, I'm that sure that there is some kind of symbolism. Some type of symbolism or like figurative language yeah. that was used... Like I said, no. maybe I'm too dumb. I don't think so. I think that just <laughs> the you? execution of this was... Yeah. It was a little poor. I don't know. It was just it was just a lot to yeah. look past to try yeah. to find the symbolism. It was breezy. It was like an hour and a half. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't like it dragged on or something. Yeah. I mean, I would like to think that maybe the prisoners of the ghost land are just like not enlightened people and... Like they're like it's a classist in, thing, maybe. But the way that they defeat the ghosts doesn't make any sense. It's, like, it's not uh, like they become enlightened. It's just yeah. like, oh, hey, it's my buddy. Hey, bro, like, can you let us yeah. go? Yeah, no problem. Boom, big old explosion. All right, we're good, guys. I mean, maybe it was about the like nuclear explosion yeah. for the prisoners and then what would happen if like a western presence overtook an uh, eastern town yeah i don't think we should like, keep looking at i mean yeah. i don't know maybe it does go back to like world war Two. world war Two. yeah what would happen if if the nuclear explosions created zombie people yeah. Zombie ghost people. And and rat men. <laughs> and rat people. And then Colonel Sanders mm. became Doug Dimidome. Became Doug Dimidome, who then became a governing presence. Mm. <laughs> well, Han, I say we get into some Nicolas Cage awards on on that note. Let's first is best supporting actor. Um <laughs> <laughs> The face you're making is like utter disgust. Nick Cage's left testicle did a lot of work. Wow. Yeah, we, we can give it to an, a now inanimate object. Yeah. That gonad. That gonad. gonad. That nad. That nad. Uh, all right. Best dress. Now, this is a tough one. Is it the bomb suit? Is it the uh, sumo undies? Thing. Is it the bomb suit with the football helmet? The bomb suit. With the football helmet, with one a ball sword. and a mangled hand sword arm mm. that he that... fashioned together. Mm. Okay. All right. I like that. Worst Nick Cage scene? Probably the scene that he had an epiphany. Oh, yeah. And he came back and was like, I am radioactive. <laughs> I am the walrus. Coco Kachar. That didn't. He didn't say that, but yeah. I 
just didn't believe it. <laughs> no, it was so nothing. It was utter nonsense. It was nothingness. Uh, the best Nicolas Cage scene. I think for me, it's like the last fight or it's or it's where he first meets the governor. It's not the best Nicolas Cage scene because of Nicolas Cage, but it's such yeah, a wild like scene. scene. Yeah. Oh, wait. Is the scene that he has the epiphany when he yells testicle, though? Uh, it's just before that. Okay. I then maybe I want you could separate those I think okay or yeah. I would give it to just like the way they get out of the ghost land oh the worst scene <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one's pretty bad too all right those two will be all tied right. best Nicolas Cage scene I agree with you oh the okay first the first okay the first uh, scene with the governor excellent and the best Nicolas Cage scream there's Test- a lot of good ones testicle has never been done before. That's true. Testicle is a good one. He's done high fucking yaw. He's done he's done high pitched screams. He yeah. He's done the high pitched scream when he lost his testicle. Mm-hmm. He's also done things that are like put the money in the bag. Like that's yeah. pretty standard stuff. Testicle My testicle I mean he he's done screams like that before. But insert a different word there. Mm, yes. Testicle has never been one of them. So I will give it to that. Sometimes you can insert a series of words there like, You think beef is an accurate <laughs> description of what I've got with your father? And usually incorporate a curse word in there somewhere. Right. right. I love that scream. That's a great scream. We're calling it. And the most nouveau shamanic moment. What was the most Nicolas Cage moment? We described nouveau shamanism earlier. What do you think it? Oh, God. I have a feeling that taking the bicycle was his idea. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's very silly. Yeah. For no reason. I mean, I'm going to say that the idea to have this be filmed in Japan, which changed the entire vibe of the movie. Wow, you're right. That's true. Like, that's got to be it. It allowed him to do Western Kabuki, whereas it would not have been so explicitly Western Kabuki. I'm sure there would have been, like, undertones of Kabuki, but the Western would have been, like, magnified if it it were filmed in Mexico. Also, I forgot to mention this, but um, I think the guy who played the governor and then the girl who played... Bernice were going to be two different actors if it were filmed in Mexico. And then they dropped out when they found out that it was going to be in uh, Tokyo. Oh, interesting. I think, uh, I don't know. Like we said, there really wasn't much for Bernice to do. But changing up the governor might have been interesting. That actress, and I apologize, I didn't write her name down. But she also was in Love and Tonya or whatever the documentary for anton yelchin was oh called. oh interesting yeah i recognize her i just don't know um anything that she's from sophia butella or sophia butea perhaps hmm. um she is from oh okay yeah she's from the kingsman uh star trek beyond hotel artemis atomic blonde she's known for action roles i guess um in the kingsman she is the one with swords for legs <laughs> she has leg swords wow yeah she's kind of cool she doesn't have very many lines but she's a really cool character in that movie was anton yelchin in that no i'm sure he was in one of these okay, if she yeah. was in the documentary yeah she was in the documentary because yeah. one of the fun facts that i found was just that they've never worked together before this but they were in the same documentary oh interesting all right han where are we ranking this one great question he was extremely cagey 
Yeah, I mean, but it was I not a good movie. I feel like we should put it around Wild at Heart since Ooh. everyone wants to compare the two. Wild at Heart, I think, is pretty low on the totem pole for us because I hated Wild at Heart. Let me see if I could find Wild at Heart just by looking. I might have to do a control F here. That's how many movies we've got. Wild at Heart is at number 71 out of 100. This yeah, is also, no, this we is... never mentioned, this was his 100th movie. Oh my God. His we w- did it. His 100th acting role. That's crazy. A centennial of Nicolas Cage. A centennial? A yeah. century. 100 years of Nicolas Cage. So... Um. Yeah, Wild at Heart no, is pretty low at No, I don't think 71. it should be there. Mm-hmm. That would be offensive. Yeah. So let's go on the opposite end of that spectrum. Let's take a look at what number 30 is. Yeah, that's... Um, number good. 30 is Drive Angry. Hmm. Which kind was... a similar role. <laughs> yeah, weird. Weird movies. I had way more fun with Drive Angry As than did I did I. What's 31? Is uh, The Frozen Ground. That was a more straight-up yeah. performance. It was really good. Mm-hmm. 32 dying of the light i think that we can slide this one in there all right right at number uh 32 i guess then between frozen ground and dying of the light yeah all right sometimes these picks are fairly arbitrary but hey you never know i hear good things about willie's wonderland and as do i yeah yeah so those are going to be our next movies can't wait (laughs) i don't think he has a single line in willie's wonderland he doesn't i think he probably screams but i don't think he says anything no. correct so and then pig is supposed to be really good yeah i'm excited for that one yeah so we're back baby back in the swing of things yeah back in the driver's seat i feel refreshed and ready mm. you sounded <laughs> yeah i'm sure i do yeah so next week is going to be willie's wonderland before pig that kind that came out before pig at least according to imdb so uh, it definitely did. So that's what we're going with. Anything else you'd like to add before we get out of here? Han, long episode this week. Yeah, but we finally learned what Western Kabuki is. It's this. It's this. Yeah. Which, He's tried to shoehorn it in into other In its own movies, right, but... is a genre. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, he created a genre with this. Yeah, I'm sure it was around before him, but he yeah, but likes the genre for all the shit that we gave this movie it it is it is very unique and yeah maybe even revolutionary in its own right yeah i don't know that i'd say revolutionary but there are some things to like about it for sure and yeah, maybe I, and you... i'm not i'm not very educated on japanese films so sure, i, I guess true. i can't say you know if this is unique in in that right but I mean, it's it's this director who is a you know pretty renowned director in Japan's first foray into English movie making, and mm-hmm. I I think he I think he did a good job for what the script was giving him. Like yeah. the script is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that like all of our problems with this movie is related to what the script is. Yeah. I mean, the script is saying that, that they need to hold back time and probably not explaining why. Oh, yeah. We never mentioned, but when <laughs> when Nick Cage beat the governor, they said, we can let the time go. Yeah, and it's and like, then, like, the clock tower collapsed. And, and that was it. And, like, the scaffolding fell. The scaffolding fell. And there was, like, it, a mini explosion. That's the script, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
but you know, I mean, it's still ultimately at the end of the day, it's the director's artistic vision. And I'm not saying I won't... he doesn't have a great grasp on the English language. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just don't think the acting was particularly good. I think the sets were amazing. The sets were cool. And, you know, the cast was... It was like an ensemble work. I mean, as weird as it was, the stuff they did in unison was like... That's what I mean, yeah. ...well done. And I... I don't know. I don't know. He was cagey. That's all I really care about. And I don't know, like the unison stuff... I don't know. Maybe this is growing on me. Like, (laughs) I think that this movie was meant to be very unsettling and I am unsettled by it. I think that all of the unison and like the dissonant sounds that they made in like the weird songs they were singing is like meant to be very unsettling. Like, I don't know what other word to use. And like they accomplished that. Yeah, like, I, I don't care. <laughs> You're like, I want to be done with this. Yeah, we've gone an hour twenty. <laughs> um, well, we had a lot to discuss. Sure, sure. All right. Well, I'm sorry that one of our future episodes won't be a Joe Exotic series, eh, but it also right. makes it easier for us because we weren't sure how we were planning to do that anyway, since it would be a series. Yeah, and he would be acting as opposed to being himself in History of Swear Words. Right, so we weren't sure if it should be a bonus episode, so maybe we were let off the hook. Maybe. We'll see. Only Just maybe. Only time will tell. He'll do his first acting TV role at some point. Looking forward to it. Well, that just about does it, doesn't it? I think so. I think so, too. And just remember... <laughs> shake off the rust here we go i was gonna do our old Uh outro just remember we are always here for you through nick and finn thanks for listening everybody (laughs) take care